Hello, everybody. Um, <clears throat> this is the abridged version. The longer version, you'd have realized just how much of my life I wasted before I got to know Jesus. When I was small, my grandfather Bowen, mum's dad, was vicar of two small churches in Alton and Modishaw near Stone in Staffordshire. I must have stayed with them on several occasions because I clearly remember the fun we had together and remember joining him on some parish errands and visits and him leaving a brick behind the rear wheel of his old car whenever he stopped to prevent it rolling down the hill. The old vicarage was built for a gentleman's family, but he had come from a more humble background. Morriston is Swansea. So we played hide-and-seek in the empty rooms, as they only had furniture for a few. It was great fun. I still picture this place when I hear the passage that Jesus said about my father's house has many rooms. By the time I was four, he had gone to the place Jesus had prepared for him. Amongst other things, he and my gran taught me about Jesus, and I remember being given a ladybird book of the Lord's Prayer. Perhaps some of you remember it. On going to school at four, I lifted my head when I recognized the words in assembly, as the picture of Jesus did in the book. Assembly was interrupted, and I was told to put my head down. Granddad christened me in June 1958. A bit like Lydia not remembering her father's baptism. I don't remember that. With so much hope and love for a Christian upbringing, whereas today I come with faith gifted me from God by the Holy Spirit, knowing the power of Jesus. It was in 1977 when I first began to receive a renewed gift of a more mature faith. There have been many wrong turnings, some quite bad behaviour and cynicism towards Christians. When I came here from Australia in 1972, I was at my eighth school, actually nine. I had to fit in so many times. To get on with the crowd was all that mattered to me. I never cried, by the way. I was placed in a church in Wales School. It was noted that I wrote some disrespectful things on the covers of all my books. I thought they'd hurt the Christian teachers, which I thought were clever, but must have depressed the good teachers at the time. I wrote that I was thinking at the time that I had no faith, no hope, and only as much charity as I could afford. Couldn't afford anything, really. I was not moved by the things which speak to me now. If people were hurting somewhere, I would say, that's like evolution. The strong will survive, or it can't be helped. To act is useless. And I actually believed we had no free will, and that our thoughts were chemically and electrically determined, which made everything and every effort seem pointless. My attitude and beliefs now are completely different, and in the last few weeks here, we've seen plenty of examples of God's interventions through the church, with friends' visits to India and talks of, about the African Prisons Project, to name just a couple. And the prayers as well. Thank you, Jesus. Although, although pretty miserable with all these teenage thoughts, I loved music and was able to escape school for half a day a week to the Welsh College of Music. I'd been awarded a scholarship to study violin playing. Perhaps because of my negative view of things, I didn't recognize this as a great gift and opportunity that it was. I hated Wales. <laughs> Not the Welsh. I love the Welsh. I've got to turn the page so you understand. I hated Wales with its freezing wet weather compared with 
compared with Queensland in Australia. I miss my old friends, the sailing and the surf and the outdoor life. I didn't know anyone else given this scholarship opportunity at 14 in my school. I didn't deserve it and proved it by making music the only exam I managed to fail at 16. Without any motivation, my playing hardly progressed. Much later, but clearly planned in advance, God has provided me with great joy and many opportunities to worship with the violin with fellow Christians, in orchestras, with a band leading junior church for many years, with a folk band at John Wesley's Oak Tree at Kinwalsley, also for several years, and in, in church worship. The instrument I play was a gift from a neighbour. It came in pieces from the loft of a vicarage in the docks of Cardiff, where she used to live. But when she retrieved it, it had recently been smashed up. <laughs> it was assembled ten years later with loving care by a man who would not accept any payment, not even for the strings. Somehow, whilst not really knowing what to do, I scraped into a place at the university to study physics. The problem was I wasn't interested, wished I'd worked harder at music, felt very down and was puzzled and annoyed at how complicated the universe was. <laughs> this wasn't going to be easy. Time to give up again. One thing that did puzzle me, though, is that there seemed to be a beginning to everything in existence, which reminded me of Genesis. And also, I'd learned Einstein's theories with great difficulty, and that there were some strange now proven facts in these, such that if a space traveler accelerated away from the Earth and reached close to the speed of light, on returning to Earth, he could find that tens or even hundreds, actually even thousands of years could have elapsed on Earth. What is a day, therefore? I asked. Perhaps, perhaps writings which I'd cynically thought as ridiculous were not so far-fetched after all. I was puzzled that such, scientific genius as, such a scientific genius as Einstein believed in God. By the way, I play a little game now with my daughter in, in Spain, who's a scientist. And we find passages in the Bible with knowledge beyond what people knew five, six, seven thousand years ago. The earth stands free in space in Job. The stars were born. And they're not just holes in a canopy. And that people of those times could not have known those things. We now know them. I shared these thoughts with a very patient, quiet university fellow student, rather foolishly pointing out that although he, Einstein, believed in God, as he was Jewish, that was far easier than trying to believe in Jesus. I was unaware before this point that this student was a Christian. He pointed out that Jesus was also Jewish, which made me laugh as this hadn't really occurred to me, a lot of humour about what they did at Christmas and things, he, um, he promptly asked me along to a Christian student union meeting as they were going to have a discussion about Jesus that he thought I might find interesting. I went to the meeting, it was nothing like I expected, and started to believe, a belief based on the love of Jesus, his sacrifice and salvation, his correcting patience and intervention, restoring good and, and fulfilling lives, this talk was not based on scientific facts, but it didn't contradict any of them either. Really, after this, I changed, and I needed shorter-term horizons than my physics course that I wasn't interested in. I returned to where I'd worked in my holidays in Stratford-upon-Avon. The kind managing director of the Shakespeare Hotel, I thought he was kind, said, I can give you a position of trainee assistant manager. But he said, to be honest, it's a terrible career. 
with some strong words, he said that. And I think I should write you a reference, and you should spend some time looking. To cut a long story short, I became a management trainee in Debenhams in Birmingham. When the opportunity came up for me, I believe Jesus helped me find a place for me to stay at about 24 hours notice. Things were strict in those days. There was no time allowed to find anywhere to live. I arrived on the bus with my suitcase and the bits of the violin in a plastic bag. My new room was in the house of a Brethren Christian youth worker and teacher in Smethwick, who I had never met before and seemed to be arranged without any involvement from me. My first days in Birmingham were filled with joining in with some of the community activities he organised. His house was always open for people to pop in for a chat and a coffee, and they rolled up from every ethnic and religious background, usually by the back door, by the way. It was in Birmingham at Debenhams where I met my lovely wife, Sarah. I was put on their graduate programme, which annoyed my girlfriend and subsequently my wife, because she'd worked much harder than me and had actually finished her degree. It was a bit like having a personal evangelist as a girlfriend. Sarah challenges you by seeing things very clearly, and it's a bit simplistic to say in black and white. I'll explain that one day. I have felt the gradual correcting of a broken body and spirit since this time. It's as though the wrong way of thinking and issues are being straightened out. It's also been a great blessing that a skin illness I'd had since childhood has been healed, and a lung condition has greatly improved, not to mention some other things which Jesus knows. Now, when I praise Jesus, I'm often emotional, especially here with our friends at Chipping Camden. It's because I think with great gratitude and joy about Jesus' sacrifice for me, and sometimes with sadness at the cost of that sacrifice, and as the Holy Spirit inspires, straightening out, still to be done. I'm here today by choice to be baptized because Jesus, who was perfect, said it was absolutely necessary, persuading John the Baptist that he should be baptized and encouraging all people to be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, who was powerful beyond our imagination, loved me and all of us so much that he left all the splendor of heaven to become like us, took upon himself all our evil, wickedness, and died on the cross, rose from the dead and ascended to heaven, and is constantly supporting me and championing all of us, encourages us, to be baptized. It's a lot more than a good idea. I pray it will help me to understand more fully and grasp more maturely the sacrifice which God Jesus and the Holy Spirit made and are making for us every day.